What's up, everyone? Welcome to a brand new edition of probably the most important show you're ever going to listen to in the history of things that have been recorded that you need to pay attention to uh, today while you're driving. Well, we went we went very important for this exact moment. That's right, because this is Nerd Thug Radio. We are kicking off the weekend. This is Corey DLG, and with me as always, little brother Nico. That's me. And we are coming to you live on this Friday, having a great day, doing great things on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I think somewhere in there is a lie, but I can't tell where. Look, they'll never know. They never look into it. That's true. If there's no investigation, there's no lies. Right. Said every government ever. <laughs> Ooh, I do have to explain something to the universe, though. Um, I was watching some congressional hearings because um, I'm a lunatic. And just to explain how uh, testifying under oath works, you making broad statements under oath doesn't make like absolve you of anything you've ever done before. Uh, let me give you an example. If you were to say, I've never said in my entire life bad things about trucks. Just because you said that under oath doesn't make it true or false. It just makes it a weird thing you decided to announce in court what or under oath. It's, it has to be the truth, so it must be true. <laughs> right. Right. Like... <laughs> I, I won't say who. I won't get into what. It becomes a very controversial issue if you get into it. There was somebody that, that was asked to testify before the weaponization committee. Um, By the way, hold up. Wait a minute. We're naming something that? Uh, yes. However, it's it, it's been... I, all right. I guess we'll do it this way. Uh, it's called the weaponization of like the DOJ. Uh, and essentially, it's an entire Republican committee on the House that it keeps calling up like under oath, the people who they say are going after them for stuff. And then under oath, they're trying to like get mad at them and like berate them. However, there are Democrats also on the committee who then get to ask questions like, Hey, why did you investigate that person? And they'll be like, well, they were on these wiretaps doing these illegal things. And that was picked up by these agents doing this. And then we were required to investigate. Like, none of it is gone at all, the way it's, like, it's been laid out uh, by the head of it, Jim Jordan, who's a Republican from Ohio. Can't have anything in Ohio, you know what they say. So he literally, he'll be like, I'm going to call up uh, three former FBI agents who work at Twitter, and they're going to prove that Twitter has been working against conservatives. And then they're like, uh, like, the Although Twitter was working with the FBI against conservatives. And they'll be like, how many FBI agents work at Twitter? And they were like, none. And they're like, well, you three are FBI. So they're like, we used to work at the FBI. And then we changed jobs. And now we work at Twitter. That's he's not like, the same thing. Yeah. And so then he was like, well, how many former FBI agents work at Twitter? And he, they were like, I, I don't know. I've, I've never asked. <laughs> Like they had that information on hand. Yeah, like it's such a because it's, it's, it's a weird accusation, right? Like you were an also, FBI, like you moved over to Twitter so that you could secretly still be an FBI agent. Like the tech also, industry pays way better. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, and also 
Like, the FBI covers so much stuff that there's no telling that, like, where, like, they're like, what were you doing? It's like, well, I was investigating, like, I don't know, some Ohio diner for three years. Like, I don't don't know. Or the the McDonald's Monopoly contest. Like, they're all over the place, right? Yeah, they're all doing, they're all doing something different. So, like, it's really hard for you to be like, I knew what the FBI was doing that. It's like, you know, all the things the FBI does. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so they're Robert uh, Kennedy Jr., I guess, is a Democratic presidential candidate. I guess he's running under the Democratic banner. I'm not sure how this works because we have a president. Like, we have a candidate already on the Democratic side. So we don't they need. Don't, they don't like him, though. Well, I mean, I get that, but that's not how it works on, like, within party politics. It's never worked that way. So, like, there wasn't a. There wasn't a there wasn't another candidate when Trump was running for the Republican ticket. Like it was just your choice was Trump because he was president already. Like if you were a Republican, you were just re-voting for the same guy. Um, that's that's how, like that's that's the whole point of the like the primary system. It's like when you're already in power, you don't need to be primaried because you're you won. <laughs> you, already, you already did it. You yeah, did it. congratulations. You don't have to go before the voters and go like, "Hey, do I deserve to still be there?" Because you're there. Like, <laughs> it's not the same. So, so anyway, um, Robert F. Kennedy. I, I don't understand this. I don't understand how I've been. I've seen him on things, and underneath it's like proclaimed Democratic candidate or proclaimed candidate for the Democratic presidential party or proclaimed candidate for the Democratic party running for president. And I'm like, what? Why? How is that even? Like, yeah, how Look, we don't we don't want to repeat it last time, guys. Like, come on. Yeah, the party doesn't validate that because the party is going to put all its resources behind the president because that's guy how it already works. There. <laughs> it's okay. So somehow, we're just trying. We're just trying to break more records, Corey. We're trying I, to get the second. Or we're trying to get the the oldest election because the first time was the oldest election. So we're breaking yeah. the records again. Yeah, that's what they're going for. So I mean, anyway, eighty nine year old and a. 79 year old like so so if if biden will be what 80 will he be 89 at the end of the four years i don't know he's already over 80 now i think he's like 81 or 82 and i think if he were to win again he'd be like 87 when it was over that's ridiculous that's old it's super old uh he's he's 80 now i will say this he still though keeps tricking and beating the the republicans so like they might want to ease up on that old guys don't got it talk like considering he keeps winning on all these things like the uh budget showdown that they were having remember for the debt ceiling remember they were having this whole conversation about like oh well he's not negotiating well then when they finally did negotiate and they do the deal Democrats come out wildly thrilled about it, and Republicans are all mad about it, and Kevin McCarthy almost loses his job as Speaker of the House. And then he publicly says that Joe Biden, like, controlled the negotiations. Like, Joe Biden took Social Security off the table and Medicare off the table, so they didn't discuss those things. Well, that how does that work, again, if, if he supposedly is so incompetent that he can't, like, put his shoes on or whatever they're trying to say? You know what I mean? Like... You lost to a guy who's senile, or you're wrong about him being senile? Like, which one is it? It's both. It's whichever one uh, fits my narrative better. 
And right, and that's sort of the bad. problem. Like, and listen, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, the old guy, like, fights 12 rounds anymore. I don't think he has to, though. I think he was like, I'll wait, and then when it's time, I'll step in. And I, listen, I think he saw under Obama how to handle, like, the Republican House, and I honestly think he's just like, they're going to do everything last minute, and they're going to basically do whatever they can get away with. So... <laughs> But so somehow, RF, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. was testifying before the Weaponization Committee about the fact that they were censoring him about vaccines. But he recently went on a couple places and said some crazy stuff. Like COVID was clearly from a lab in China because the way it's designed protects the Chinese and the Ascani Jews specifically. Like they yeah. have a lower rate of catching it, according to him. Right. I mean, you might want to take that up with China, who's been crippled by the coronavirus, but, you know, yeah, that's that not here of, or there. That was sort of my first thought, was, like, did anyone tell the Chinese that they catch it at a, at a, a smaller rate? Like, they're having a real bad time of this. Uh, literally closing whole cities, like, just blowing up freeways into them, and they're like, we'll build them when they're done. Like, I, I don't... So, first of all, the information didn't sound accurate when he said it. But then it wasn't, I don't know that it was necessarily a racial undertone to it. I just thought it sounded crazy, right? Like, boy, you sound like a crazy person when you say something like that. So he goes to this committee and like one of the first things he says is he's like, I just want to be on the record that I have under oath. I am saying that I have never made anti-Semitic remarks in my entire life. And first of all, that's not how that works. Like that doesn't mean that he's never done it. Like, just announcing it under oath doesn't take them away if he did say them. Uh, yeah, I mean, doesn't that also, like, isn't it like a double backfire? Because then if someone finds it, it's going to be like, well, now you lied under oath. Now it's perjury. <laughs> I, honestly, yes. But here's the thing, like, they they pursue perjury so infrequently. And also, I've I've listened to some lawyers talk about, like, how you actually have to get perjury locked in on like big statements like that, because usually it takes a couple follow-up questions. And I don't know if anybody pinned him on follow-ups or not. Um, but he was, he was trying to say objectively what he has said is not anti-Semitic. So ultimately, like if you heard him say something bad about the Jewish people, he would have to prove that it was like fact-based and not coming from a place of hate, but he would also be given the benefit of the doubt if you were trying to charge him with perjury. Like you'd have to, know his intent on the statement so again that's also not how perjury works like it doesn't make it there's no point in doing that statement except to just be this broad grandstanding fool like yeah because it doesn't it doesn't when you make a statement like that it doesn't absolve you from that or me that you didn't do it like right uh, so like i mean technically you know ted bundy could under oath say i have never killed anyone that doesn't retroactively make it true like <laughs> no so i was a little weirded out by that statement that was what we love with but then also like his he okay so this is where it's, it gets weird to me uh he is someone who has been damaged by vaccines that's why his throat that's why he sounds the way he sounds he has he's received vaccine damage when he was getting one of the vaccines as a child and there is a small percentage of the population that does go through that. Um, it's it's like it's like one in every hundred thousand or one hundred and fifty thousand people suffer some kind of side effect of a vaccine. 
Right. Which we know, again, right. this is a relevant point, people. Right. This we is know that's true. Right. This is documented and known. It the is, makers it of is vaccines part know of this. the risks factors when talking about vaccines. Sometimes sure. things the, happen because not everything is applicable to everyone. Right. And on top of that, uh, there's a fund that's set up by the government and the pharmaceutical companies that you have to go through a government board to get approval for. But if you have received vaccine injuries, you're eligible to, after documentation and, and checking, they you get funds for that. Like, no one is acting like it's this weird thing that it doesn't happen, okay? Uh, however, because he was injured as a vaccine, he still goes around and says all the weird, crazy, big anti-vax stuff. Like, vaccines cause autisms. He knows that there's 10,000 studies that prove it, blah, blah, blah. There's never been a conclusive study in the history of science that has proved any link, even a casual link, between autism and vaccines. They have done almost a billion dollars worth of studies at this point on that exact subject, and they have never found a link between the two. Never. Also, uh, this might just be a side note, but man, the, the Kennedy bloodline really is cursed. You're telling me that of all the people who could get vaccine damage, it's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> You know what it is? After they allegedly, allegedly, allegedly murdered a girl at a family event and then hid it from everyone, that sort of probably set them up for failure after that. It's a lot of, it's a lot of them. I'm not, I'm not trying to make any accusations or anything like that. I'm just saying. It, it does feel weird that a family like constantly plagued by tragedy though. Like, and such a his, public family. Like not right. even like a family that's like, like, oh no, that's the that's the the bad luck Tim Burton family where there's all of them, all of them have terrible lives or something like that. No, it's like this is a very prominent political family. Well, there's a wrestling family that has the same thing. Like the father was this great, great wrestler, and then like all five of his sons have had like horrific things happen to them. I think three of them are paralyzed, and like one or two of them killed themselves. Like it's really uh, a crazy like family story. I have to ask Joey the name of the family again, but they're like a huge prominent family like within the world of wrestling. Um, Kennedy-esque, but wrestling. But yeah, it's it's so like because he was injured, he then just goes totally down the rabbit hole. I kind of understand where he's coming from in that, except for the fact that like, okay, yeah, walking down the street, you find the random guy and you were to ask him, did you know vaccines have side effects? They probably would say, I didn't realize that. I, I understand that, but a family who goes through it would understand that there is a process that it does exist, that these are side effects are known, they are documented, they do happen very, very, very rarely, but they yeah. do happen. And they and do so, tell you. It's not your fault that you didn't read any of the consent forms being like, oh yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah, that's something, like, there's a level of accountability and responsibility. Now, yes, yeah, some of these things are written in such a way that they are supposed to be kind of misleading, but it does, like, yeah, you can... Okay, so even in, in the world of selling sports cards, which I do now, I now uh, sell sports memorabilia and sports cards. Even that, as I'm looking at, like, oh, most of the boxes for the sports cards will tell you the rarity of the cards inside. Like, oh, if you're trying to get a, a parallel or something, you know, they're one in one in 20 packs or something. You know what I mean? It's like everything, there tends to be documentation and math behind how this stuff works. 
you have to at least be willing to read it though before you can have that conversation of whether or not something is fair or not. Right. Or ask questions. They're usually physicians are there. And if you're getting some sort of vaccine, just ask them, Hey, what's like a possible side effect or what do I, what do, how do I know this is a side effect of this and not just me being paranoid? Right. And there is a, there is a, I mean, like I said, there's a process to get approved for the benefits from the, from the, whatever you would call it, the vaccine side effect fund or whatever it might be called. There's a process to get approved for that because not everything is a, like a lot of people have tried to get their va- their autism pushed through that way. And it's like, listen, there's no, we can't find any evidence that says that that, that even kind of happens. So for us, that's a no dog. And it's based on science. It's not based on something else. And now, here's what's grosser to me, though, is I started to take this position probably about ten, probably about six or seven years ago, that the flat earthers and fun, silly conspiracy theories, things of that nature, are kind of dangerous thinking because they let people sort of buy into these bigger and bigger and bigger things. And eventually there's no kind of bottom to where it goes. Like if you're really willing to believe that we live on a flat earth surrounded by ice that keeps us trapped on a flat plane on the back of a giant turtle or something, and the sun moves in a circle over a map and like gravity is fake or something. I don't even understand some of the stuff that like, I don't, I don't even understand how some of it even works on some, on the flat earth theory, but that's a, that NASA is a villainous conspiracy pushing organization designed to keep you in the dark about the actual flat earth and what lies beyond it. I mean, that's, at first, it's funny, but then you really start thinking about it, and it's like, okay, these are people who fundamentally don't have an understanding of math and physics and science, so already that's bad. Because once you don't understand stuff, you can believe anything and and fully believe it. Like, to me, there's, there's a real genuine kind of hole in the logic of a lot of this because... They're willing to take steps four, five, and eight, and twelve down these holes where you're, they're no longer supported by reasonable, uh, just simple understandings of how stuff works. Like a lot of times, my BS meter just goes off when I hear some of these things. Like, no, that doesn't even sound right. So when RF, when I keep trying to call him RFK or something like that. So when when Robert Kennedy Jr. was saying that the Chinese get COVID at a lesser rate than other ethnic groups. I was like, that doesn't even feel right. Like that doesn't. Also like what, what numbers are you picking from? Well, even first of all, like even if it were somehow statistically true, which I don't think it is, I have not looked at any data about uh, rates of catching the virus. Maybe they catch it at a slightly lower rate. Maybe that is possible. Maybe. But that hasn't done anything to the effect, like, it certainly hasn't benefited them in any way, shape, or form. Like, it can't be a substantially lower number because they are, like you said earlier in the show, just swimming in it. Like, they are struggling still with COVID. Yeah. And, I mean, partially their fault. They're the ones that, like, don't have, their vaccine isn't as good as ours. They're doing everything. Like, we'll do it ourselves. Well, that was actually the reason, almost the reason we we're slower to get vaccinated than other countries. 
because we wanted the same thing. We actually, the vaccine company who produces our the vaccines for us, one of them was a German-owned company, and we tried to make it American-exclusive. And they were like, you know we're not an American company, right? And then we were like, yeah. <laughs> Again, but that was under the certain administration where obviously they knew what they were doing. Obviously. America, baby. America. I do like the idea of being so American first where you're like going to companies outside of the country and being like, so this is going to be exclusively for us, right? And they're like, no. <laughs> what do you mean? This is ours, yes? No. <laughs> so this is only for me, right? You, you guys brought a potluck? It's all for me, right? Uh, again, we're sharing this with everyone. Oh, uh, still? I'm Weird. out. Weird. <laughs> you didn't even bring anything. Uh, I bought the Chick-fil-A tea, okay? All right? I told everyone to come over. <laughs> yeah, it was my idea to hold the potluck. So, you're welcome, everybody. Yeah, I just... I, he testified, and when he said that, I immediately was like, does he think that cleared him? Did he do it? <laughs> he did it. He's he's truly He's truly one of the people. He did it! I was like, that's not how under oath works, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea that he said it. Yeah. I like the boldness of the idea that he was just like, listen, under oath right now in front of all of you, I have never done it. Just to let you guys know, not even once. <laughs> it would have been funnier if he was like, I've definitely thought about it. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I totally think that they are lesser people, but never, never said, said it out loud. Until just now. Oh, my God. I said Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's because of the vaccines. I have trouble keeping things from the outside (laughs) and inside. (laughs) Is one of the side effects being an idiot? (laughs) Yeah, he saw that. I saw that. I said, oh, yeah, that is... That is somebody who, if they've ever studied law, didn't pay attention in class. Like, I'm no lawyer, but that's not how that works. I don't even think you have to be a lawyer to be like, that was not the move, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you think he walked out of there feeling like he nailed it, though? He was like... Oh, 100%. (laughs) Again, to, to, to be that level of, like, confident in your abilities... To be like, no, I totally nailed that one. I said nothing wrong. Yeah, because like, I think once you say it, like, you know what I mean? Like, he had to think that that was a like a power move. Like, he had to the night before was like one of the first things I'm going to say. I'm going to get it on the record that I have never done that thing. Precisely. And they were like, okay, that wasn't really our question, but all right. <laughs> yeah. Making statements on the stand, baby. No, nothing has ever backfired for doing that. Yeah, nothing at all. Never. Yeah, I definitely feel like he definitely planned that, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because he was like, people are going to say this, so I'll just get in front of it. Yeah, because he which went is, on, like, he went on Which, Fox to News. be fair, is usually good advice. It is. But not in that. That's not the place to say it. Like, the place to say, because here's what he, so here's what he did that made it dumber. He later on goes on Fox News and he says how 
okay, uh, they're trying to use his, they're trying to give him artificial positions that he doesn't really take so that they can call him crazy and dismiss him outright is what he says they're doing. Except that's not what, like, he from his own mouth says these things that cause the problems for him. Like, he still believes there are ingredients in vaccines that cause autism. Like, he said that on the Joe Rogan show himself. He said on a different podcast, again, going on podcast, like, how is that presidential? I don't, I, I don't, whatever. Look, one of the people, I, I as future president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> like, I should go on the Joe Rogan show first? Like, I don't understand, like, has he been on Rogan? Oh, we can't vote for him then. He's got to be integrated into the society. <laughs> so he went on a different podcast, and he did say that that there was some sort of that COVID was that those particular ethnicities had a, a lower rate of catching COVID, is what he said. And it's like so. Then he goes on Fox News, and he's trying to defend that. And he's like, "Yeah, they kind of try to paint me as a kook." And it's like, "Well, don't you say kooky things?" And he's like, "No, definitely not." As a matter of fact. Under oath, I took the opportunity to clearly state that I have never said anti-Semitic things. And then on Fox News, they were like, that's good enough for me. He took the oath. Ship it, baby. (laughs) And I was like, I don't think that's how that works. Yeah. It's not a good look. It's, It's really not. Like, if you ever find yourself having to make a blanket statement under oath, at a congressional hearing, you've probably already lost. That's a fair point. Most of the people who get away stay far away from those places. Yeah, most of the people who get away with it never have to explain what it is that they were in trouble for in the first place because they don't get caught. Correct. That's what getting away with it means. <laughs> also, I have a huge... I, it won't mean anything, and this is the silly part about it, and this is why I kind of get exasperated by, like, modern politics right now. So Republicans, obviously, would like certain books to be held out of libraries because they're inappropriate. Okay? Yesterday on a public hearing on national television, publicly, Marjorie Green held up a bunch of images of a private citizen doing illicit acts with uh, escorts, allegedly. And, like, the images show the acts, but there is a slight amount of, like, black tape over stuff, but not enough to really conceal what's happening in any of the pictures. Mm -hmm. How is that better? Um, it's not. (laughs) And that's really my, like, that's my issue with that. Like, let's say you're, let's say you want to be the party of morality. You can't do that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what the move is. I don't know why these people do these things. Like some and then also uh so apparently this is a sadder story, but apparently from the families of Uvaldi, there's a group that's risen out of that that is selling green converse pens to raise money for their group so they can kind of keep lobbying for better gun laws for to protect children. And it's based around the story that this particular pair of parents could only identify their child by the green 
uh, Converse she was wearing because her body was so decimated by the assault rounds from the school shooting at Uvalde. So the pin is this small, like you wear it like on a shirt or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They handed one to Lauren uh, Boebert, a uh, congressperson of the House of Representatives. I think Wyoming. I'm not sure which state she's supposed to be from. Anyway, they handed it to her. She walked about six feet away from him, and she threw it on the trash, all while still in the same frame of camera. Nice. Good, good look. Good look. I, like, I don't know if you necessarily, it was given to her. So someone had already bought it. It was already paid for. It is what it is. At that point, you're just really just kind of being disrespectful to the concept, right? Well, like, I don't know. Just put it in your pocket. Put it, like, if you're like, oh, thank you. You know, I don't, I don't particularly support these people, but, you know, it's just a shine of respect. Like, put it in your pocket, that's fine. No one's going to be like, oh, they put it in their pocket. How devious of them. Right. But throwing it away right in front of them does make you look like a terrible person. Yeah, it becomes a story based on what she does, right? Right. Like, her terribleness makes it a story. Right. And it just polarizes people more. Yeah. Well, yeah. Especially when you hear the story behind it. Like, how do you not feel a little bit like, are you the villain? Like... Are we the bad guys? <laughs> like, because again, like if you if you're if you're a super diehard Second Amendment, you know the thing to do. You take it, you go, you say thank you, and you put it in your pocket. What you do with it afterwards doesn't matter, right? And, and you know what? Like, and if you are a super like two A person, you know what comes first is the freedom of speech and the right to make political statements. So, like. The disrespect of 1A because you love 2A? Like, what? Again, like, choose the hill to die on. Like, the, the, the politics we have now have completely lost all decorum. Which, I mean, like, can be a good thing in the fact that it makes people hate politicians even more. Oh, oh. That is true. Uh... Like... Politician was already not a respected position. Now it's a very not respected position. Yeah, that's true. Guys like Ron DeSantis are working overtime to just really make people start voting again because of their anger. Right. Because, like, before people would let it slide because everyone's all smiles and charm. And now there is no charm. There is just smiles. Well, and before, not good smiles. Well, before, a lot of people would tell you that the two parties are the same. And they'd be right about 90% of the time because the hot button topics were just simply stuff for TV time, right? Like they were just for debate. They didn't really count. But that was 30 years ago. Like now we live in a moment where right now kind of a lot of this stuff does count. Like we could do something about guns. We could do something, you know, uh, abortion is is a big one, right? Like there's all these big issues that before while they were... One side yes, one side no. It was always just a debate for debate's sake because there were things in place like Roe v. Wade. Well, now those things are gone. So, like, now there are real differences in these parties again. And it does... It winds up mattering because you see a guy like DeSantis who's just so focused on running for president that Florida has become this crazy, crazy place. They've just passed some information. They set 
for their education curriculums for this coming school year, if you talk about slavery, you're obligated to say that it taught the African-Americans who were enslaved skills that they could use to benefit themselves personally. What? <laughs> also, apparently, I haven't read this. This is just what I saw on Twitter. There perhaps might be something wrong with this. I kind of hope there is because it sounds obnoxious. You're also required, you're obligated, if you talk about slavery, to also point out that there were violent incidents of black-on-white crime during those eras. Man, we really, we're really going back to the, the unironic actual 1800s on this one, boys. So that's Florida now. Now in Florida, you have to point out that slavery was included as job training. And that black people might have deserved it because they were super violent on white folk for enslaving them. Right, yeah, that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the part that we have to, don't, don't worry about that one. Yeah, don't circle back. Don't, don't explain it. Just, just tell it. Um, By the way, um, if you are truly a Confederate stand, I don't respect you. This is just a blanket statement. Take it up with my PR team. Of yeah, I'm fine exactly with that. Corey. I'm fine with that. I'm, I, I can go anti-Confederate. <laughs> There's a really great video where this guy is just dunking on the Confederacy the entire time. And he's like, it was about states' rights. He's like, states' rights to do what? And he's like, <laughs> states' rights. He's like, to do what? Please tell me. Yeah, what what right were they really upset about when they quit? Like, <laughs> and then and he makes a post about the video later where he was like, he's like, I'm really I'm really mad. I didn't have this idea like by by July fourth to release this video. He's like, and then I remember it's always cool to dunk the Confederacy gold America. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm alright with that. Also, if anyone really takes a position that it's just about heritage, they just have to look at the Confederacy's printed money. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but their bills, like their $2 bill, was a picture of slaves picking cotton. Yeah. Also, the, the, the annoying orange from YouTube fame lasted longer than the Confederacy. You have no right to stand. Yeah, you really, like... Being a traitor to the greatest country on the planet. Right. I thought we were supposed to be nationalists here. That's the other part of it, too, that's really weird to me. It's always weird to me. I remember spending my year in Alabama, and not a single person can explain to me properly how it is that a group of traitors who lost a war where they tried to run away and start their own country because they were spoiled and were mad that we were taking away their toys in the most polite way to say that without getting into everything. And no one had an answer. Because it's not a real belief. No one actually believes it. I just remember being like, wait a minute. They lost the war. Like They were quitters. They withdrew. They took their stuff. They went home. They said, we don't want to play anymore. And America said, you're not going anywhere. And then we beat them into submission. And somehow, we still have to hear about it. Yeah. It's a weird stance to take. It really is. And I don't quite understand... Like, we're the fan love for it. Still general. It's also like Nazis. They're yeah. outright in America today. People who walk around with swastikas and do the hell Hitler and say nice things about the German nationalist party. Like, what? Like, now you're super anti American. Like, we blew them up. <laughs> like, those were the bad guys. 
it's a known factor they were bad guys. But at least we know that those people are bad and they're not feigning interest. They're like, no, I believe that. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with, like, yeah, like, now you know that there's a, but how did it get to that point where? I think that there's always going to be, uh, there's always going to, like, America, like, the world is too big of a place for like, every belief, everything not to exist, right? Like, no, on some level, the, you're the right. worst However, things done by humanity is done by humans, guys. Like, we're not, this is not lost on us. It's not foreign. Yeah, These people uh, existed. I mean, I guess that's fair on some level. I just, when I see it, I'm always kind of blown away. I was like, because these are the same people who, on some weird level, they're going to, like, watch Saving Private Ryan and be excited. For the wrong side? Yeah. No, I think for the, no, even then, I think, like, I think they're pro-American and then somehow still pro-Nazi. And I think that that is what weirds me out. Like, yeah. they think it would work for us what didn't work for them. I don't know. It's, it's, just, it's, a, it's a certain level of disconnect that I don't think that you'll ever, like, without them exposing themselves to the broader culture ever come around on. Yeah, and I don't know that I really would want to have a conversation to even understand it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even as I say I'm, I don't understand it, I also on some level don't truly care. Like, I don't think someone needs, like, I don't think Joe Rogan needs to invite some Nazis on for the rest of us to be like, oh, that's why they do it. Yeah. You know, like, and that's sort of the other thing, too. Like, I'm rewatching Newsroom, and they're having the debate early in the show about, like, the media's attraction to being overly fair kind of put us where we are now with stories where we're looking for both sides, but sometimes there aren't both sides. Like sometimes there's just the good guys and the bad guys in stories. Like, Oh, they want to put a pipeline or they want to go through a uh, sacred native American land. Let's hear both sides. No, no, I don't think we need to hear both sides. Like, okay, great. It's going to make 200 more jobs in Wyoming. Great. In the meantime, it's going to destroy like a culture sacred like haven't we learned better by now on that like aren't we above that the answer is no Corey. it can <laughs> always get worse but but it only gets worse because we somehow have tricked ourselves into thinking that like yeah but to be fair like let's at least hear what the company has to say about this pipeline Like, there should be no room for that, I feel like. I feel like there shouldn't be no conversation there. I feel like when when we sit down and we go, okay, wait a minute, what's the, what's the issue here? Uh, the, answer, the answer is uh, you'll be surprised how terrible people can truly be. Well, when it's not their land or it's not their problem, yeah. But like, if it were... Or even if it is their problem. I mean, look at, look at all the crazy stuff that's happened since the, the actors. So, like, the Actors Guild uh, just announced their strike. And... Uh, I don't know if you've seen all the terrible things that have happened so far. Uh-uh. Um, so one is uh, Universal ordered a bunch of trees that the, the protesters oh, are using as shades. They, I, they love cut that story. I love that story because now someone's looking into whether or not they did it with this, with or without the city's permission. And uh, the city might Universal into trouble. Uh, no, the city said we didn't approve it, so it definitely was Universal that did it roguely. <laughs> They're rogue tree cut tree cutters now. Yeah, which is just amazing that these like, man, like times like this really make me appreciate the fact that like there are people who are just absolute lunatics. <laughs> They're just making 
money hand over fist and be like, you deserve less. <laughs> it's so I'm I'm so I um uh, I recently picked up the obligation of being on uh, Nerd News Now, Nerd News Weekly, Nuclear Nerd News. I don't know. Nerd Weekly Geekly, something like that. Uh, I think you should know the name of your show. Uh, you know, I I just, I get roped into stuff all the time that I then I'm like, we're calling it what? Um, for example, at the store, uh, there's going to be Tops International Card Day. Okay, fancy coming up in a couple weekends. I don't know what that means because, like, are the players going to be international? Are they going to be cards from other countries? Is this like an IHOP situation where international is just there to make it IHOP instead of hop? That's a fair point. Like, so I, I'm not sure what what the purpose of it is, but anyway, just see here and there. I get roped into stuff that I don't I don't understand the names of sometimes. And we did. We spoke probably about 30 minutes about uh, the strike and everything. And I do think I think what's more interesting to me is like for San Diego, this just means that there are no movies there. Also, I kind of love. There's a lot of guys who are in weird positions. Like Tom Cruise is in a weird position, right? Because he probably makes a lion's share of the profit off of a Mission Impossible movie. So when the strike was coming up, he asked for a waiver. He said, actors with movies, projects about to come out, can we get a waiver from them for the strike so they can promote those films so that we can keep theaters open, so that we can help people make money? There's a lot of people involved in a movie that aren't the studio that are going to lose money if these movies don't do well. He was correct. I think he was speaking primarily about himself, but he was correct. Um, and basically the union was like, no, no, not at all. And he was like, all right, that's, that's fine. Okay. So then they were like, hey, you're a big deal, Tom Cruise. It would be awesome if you were like picketing outside one of the studios and he says, I'm not going to do that, but I'm willing to help like in a bunch of other ways. I don't think – I think it's going to – there will be actors who will probably poop on him for that. Uh, I don't think they really should, though. I think he is one of those guys who has created his own like slice of the industry. He has seized control of his moments and his opportunities and his leverage to the point where he controls a lot more of an aspect of, of a movie than – a lot of these other guys, and so he's not in the same boat as them. Um, no, and he's he's definitely the, the outlier in the situation, but it's people like him that can support in other ways to and, the and other I think that's people. What he's doing like I think he's probably putting a lot of money in strike funds and probably applying a lot of pressure behind the scenes, calling these other guys and being like, "Hey, man, like, like where are we at with it? Like, you know, what I'm like trying to get the answer. The answer is they are nowhere close to each other. Have you seen some of the statements that these? Like the, the studios studio? have made, yeah, I love it. The studios have no Fs, but by the way, Wall Street uh, keeps like buying the stocks. So, like, when do the strikers think it's going to change? You know what I mean? Like, Wall Street is still a big buy on Netflix, and Netflix has no new content coming up. Yeah, it's 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 wild. I think that I think things are going to radically change. Um, the last time I was watching a video about this and they said the last time that this happened was the sixties. And interestingly enough, it was after like several big Hollywood movies failed. Um, and it gave way to new Hollywood with a bunch of like super prominent directors, which is the three he mentioned were 
Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, and George Lucas. And I was like, that's kind of a big deal. Right. Correct. But those directors, the Directors Guild has basically already wrapped their deal up. No, they, they, they got everything they wanted, but they are other act like the actors and the writers guild were they were just like we're nowhere close. Yeah. And the directors, like, they didn't they didn't hold out like the unions should have really held out in solidarity at this moment. And the directors guild kind of bailed on them. They bailed out real fast. They were like, We want this and the directors guild was like they they, they were like, Okay and then they were like, All right, sorry guys, bye. Yeah. Really the directors guild should have held out, but they didn't. I mean and also it doesn't I mean, I know they got what they wanted, so there's no point because, like, they can't go back to work anyway until the writers and the actors move anyway. But that's why they should have also held out. Yeah, and that's what I said. I was like, if you if you had that ability to to put the pressure on even more, because now 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 like these these studio execs are just being like, there's a thing where it's like a level of like, oh, you know, it's a business we have to make money, and man, you were the worst persons on the planet. Well, and one of the things that probably hurts the most is like the HBO Warner Brothers guy, Zasloff or whatever his name is. He's he's his track record's pretty bad right now. Like he's not making a lot of great decisions that are that can really kind of publicly drum up interest or or, or make sense. Like the only movie, so the Aquaman two movie, he he's one of the producers on it, and that's the only, basically the only reason it's still going to come out at this point. To how much fanfare? Maybe, probably less than The Flash. Probably none. And by the way, James Gunn finally got in and said, okay, there was originally a, a Michael Keaton Batman cameo in Aquaman 2. Uh-huh. Then when the stuff all started to change and they fired Zack Snyder and they fired the other guys, they made it a Ben Affleck Batman cameo. So he Ben Affleck came back and filmed that thing for that. Now... James Gunn has stepped in and said, let's just go ahead and completely cut the Batman cameo completely so that nobody is holding their breath waiting for more stuff to come down the pipeline from those guys. Which is the correct decision, because... It definitely is, except immediately after someone posted that tweet explaining that, the next tweet was, then why is Batman and Wonder Woman all over this Flash movie? And I was James Gunn wasn't involved in that one. Yeah, and the the short answer is there was too much Batman in it; they couldn't get rid of it. Uh, But also, yeah, like he got there too late to the party for that. Like he signed on when they were doing press for this movie. Yeah, the movie was already over; like it had already been made at that point. But I do think, like, uh, I just I see some huge. To me, streaming is circling all the way back to being network TV again. Like, they are now offering commercial packages uh, and things of that nature. I don't know, like, what is the difference between having a Netflix account and just watching NBC at this point? The answer is you had to remember more logins. Well, and uh, so, like, okay, so with the writer strike going on and all that, uh, there's no new shows. So CBS... Uh, is picking up things like Yellowstone to use to fill their television time. So, like, now the streaming shows are coming to the networks. So, again, it's very confusing, like, 
where does this, where does all the kind of the, the evolving stop? Like, how do these things land in separate places? Or did the channels, did the network channels actually survive all this? And they don't look any better or worse. Like, now they each have their own little streamer. They're each doing their own thing. I haven't heard any numbers, but, like, Peacock paid, what, $2 billion to WWE for their sports package while also building other stuff. If they turn out profitable, they look brilliant for what they've built and done. Right. But, I mean, if they come out with losses, they also think that well, they look cool. If they, if they come out with, like, small losses, I would still say for a starting streamer, that's a good deal. Because it's almost right after Peacock releases that they buy the WWE stuff. They're like, don't worry, guys. We'll make it. And they were like, our lose. only sports are like, like, I think international. So like lacrosse. I was uh, literally going to say lacrosse is a joke, but you beat me to it. Yeah, lacrosse, uh, cricket, and um, some like foreign language soccer. Like they wouldn't even air the English language version of soccer. Probably because they didn't have the rights to it, which is hilarious enough. Right, but they could put the Spanish version up on their streamer, which was kind of, I think it's a neat workaround. Um, but then they, you know, okay, well, if we can't have sports, we'll just we'll just buy the WWE library. And, like, I think that's smart. I think that works better. Really? The, really, we're talking about how smart the WWE is. In an interesting selling. way, I like, they seem to be avoided this, even though they technically have uh writers as well but they kind of are avoiding this whole bit yeah and i mean like we're not i'm not here to sing the praises of the wwe either they are also uh, terrible to their employees and wrestlers and everyone involved yeah and aren't they are they merging with who are they merging with i don't know it's a like it's another fight company and so now there will be mma and wrestling kind of in the same Oh yeah, it's like it's not with the UFC. No, it's not UFC, but it's like it's like another one of them. Yeah, and so now there will be like this combat company that is MMA and yeah, it's it's oh, man something something combat sports. I think they did a they did a I want to say they did a slap competition. Yeah, that got, like universally They're... panned because all the people who are actually professional slappers are like. This is the worst run show I've ever seen in my life. These people are putting themselves in such danger. First of all, all professional slappers are in danger. I don't know if anyone oh, knows. Uh, yeah, but like these people are especially in danger. Like <laughs> these people have taken slaps and not gotten concussed. And like the entire point of the 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 WWE slap competition was like actively trying to knock people out, which is not the point of slapping. <laughs> Well, that's like the uh, there was a thing they did in the uh, early two thousands called I want to say it was called Tough Enough. I might I might be wrong about it, but basically it was WWE and then live boxing like in the middle of WWE. So like they did a whole tournament, and the idea was to they had brought on like a mixed combat guy, and this he was going to fight the winner of the tournament. For the championship, but instead one of their like low tier wrestlers kept winning all the matches because it was boxing, not wrestling, and not martial arts. So it was like bare knuckle boxing. I don't remember what they called it. And so like he totally ruined their plans. So like they brought in this guy, they paid him a bunch of money, and then this nobody on the roster just, just outright just 
ate that dude's lunch for the belt. What a champion. And then they had no use for him because the wrong guy won. Nice. They were like, uh, we really thought this other guy was going to win and they were going to do some fun stuff with it. But uh, nobody wants to box you because <laughs> you're winning. And they're like, congrats. You can keep the belt. We're done with it. Basically. Basically. And you want like, a cash prize. Like, that was part of it. <laughs> it's like a reality TV show, but the reality never kicked in. It was like a weird reality TV, like behind the scenes, like WWE. It was a boxing tournament inside of wrestling. Like it was very weird. Uh, just like this episode is kind of just spiraled into a bunch of different stuff. But we do, of course, want to thank everybody for hanging out and listening to us. I want to remind everybody to check out on the WhatNot app, The Adventure. That is a that is the whatnot storefront for the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more, and the Adventure Stadium, their sports and memorabilia sidekick. Uh, on the Whatnot app, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays at 6.30, there are uh, sales that get launched. And from there, people are having a great time and doing great stuff and going out and doing their thing. Um, there's a On Wednesday, it's trading card day. Thursday, it is nerdy stuff, comic books, action figures, all kinds of stuff. Friday and Saturday to sports, and we are having a blast, and we are giving away great items at a cheap price. Um, a lot of this is dusty stuff that sits around the store kind of for a long time. And before you go, oh, well, I don't want it. Like, if it's comic books you haven't read, what would you be mad about? Or even slabbed comic books at a cheaper price than you've ever seen them before. Uh-huh. Or graded cards or booster packs that are maybe a couple sets old, but now they're only a dollar on the online auction. Uh, another example, somebody opened a $300 box. They only paid $25 in the live auction for it. Inside was a one of 10 signed Charles Barkley card from Panini and a signed Alvin Kamara from the New Orleans Saints. So a lot of excitement, a lot of opportunities, a lot of fun stuff to do. Go to the adventure on whatnot and just start following us and checking out when those shows come up. Uh, I run it. Uh, my guys are great. I have a team of these great young people who get really into it. That means I don't have to do it too often. I will be on it this weekend, though, so you can hear me. So you can hear me tonight and Saturday night, selling stuff at a ridiculously cheap price. Um, in the meantime, that's it for us. Enjoy your weekend. Go out and have a good time. Do fun things. Come uh, say hi to me at the adventure begins, comic games, and more, or upstairs at the stadium where I work. That makes more sense. Uh, Nico, you got anything for everybody? Uh, no, just stay safe out there. Remember, people, you'll be all right. <laughs> Remember people. Do you mean remember they are people or just remember people in general? Remember people in general. All right. That's a bittersweet but interesting. I'll take it. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Everyone have a great weekend. As always, this is Nerd Thug Radio telling you, thanking you for hanging out with us. Have a great rest of your weekend.